Happy holidays, Mama. This week, we are re-releasing one of our earlier episodes, our birth stories. I had some technical difficulties with the episode we had recorded for this week, so instead of wasting family time working on it, we are putting this episode out, and hopefully I will have our episode out for you next week. To be honest, it was between this episode and the periods episode, but that felt a little severe for right after Christmas. It's a popular episode, though, and so hilarious, so go back and listen to episode three as well. We hope you all had a wonderful holiday season, and we look forward to having a new episode out for you after the new year. As always, please follow us on social media at Mamosa's Podcast. You can find us on Instagram or Facebook, and you can also email us, mamosaspodcast at gmail.com. And finally, please, 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 guys, we haven't had one in a while. Leave us a rating and review on iTunes just so people know um, what we're all about and what you guys are listening to us for. Okay, have a great day and we'll see you guys next week. Welcome to Mamosas. Hope you have your drink and your friends nearby. You're listening to Kristen and Talia. And today we are going to talk about our birth stories. Woo. So get ready, get your popcorn, get a vomit bag, whatever you need to have <laughs> on hand. <laughs> so what do you think? You want to go first? Sure. So I think... Well, let's back up. Okay. Sorry for already interrupting you. So we've got... We should have our background, right? So you have one girl... Yes, so I have, I have a daughter. Two boys. Yes, and my daughter and Kristen's eldest are two weeks two or apart. Three weeks apart. Yeah, so they're pretty close in age. And I also just I feel like this is going to be necessary for people to know for a lot of episodes. Um, my kids have enormous heads. <laughs> uh, well, my youngest not as bad. He's actually just like seventy percentile. But my oldest is three, and he's in a helmet for an eight to fourteen year old. And that's for real. Nothing below that fits him. So we'll just have... So keep that in mind when Kristen tells her birth story. Marinate in that. Enjoy. (laughs) Okay. So I think to start my birth story, you'll have to go back to my mom. Yeah. Who had... So single mom in the 80s, very hippie crunchy was not at all interested in anything the hospitals were doing in the 80s. She did not like how you had to, you know, labor in one room, deliver in another. She did not like how they took the baby away from women instantly, how they were really pushing formula. So she decided hospitals were not for her. And she had me at home with a midwife. I did not know this. I love her so much. I was born, like, in the living room in San Diego, Ocean Beach, like, on the floor, like my in the mom. Bathtub. No, like, <laughs> like, but my mom like labored everywhere. Of course, there is a video Talia's birth. My mom had me watch it when I was probably, you know what? That was probably the sex talk. She was like, "Yeah, here you go. <laughs> this is what happens." <laughs> so, who recorded it? Your midwife? Her no. Midwife? So one of her friends. So, but it was like, so it was like the most amazing like birth story. Like she felt very connected to me, like all the way through pregnancy. She knew you were a girl. She knew I was a girl. before 
they were saying people, people found out yeah and she said that like her due date was apparently like june 19th and my mom was like no she's going to be born on june 21st and the doctor was like you're insane and she was Psycho. like well she told me that <laughs> so apparently in utero i like you know told her that i was going to be born on the 21st which i was so anyway, the only thing that she did not like about her birth was she had bought this like special bowl to catch the placenta. I guess the person who was like supposed to grab whatever to catch the placenta didn't grab that, grabbed a casserole dish, like a nice oh my gosh. like ceramic casserole dish. And my mom was like, I mean, she probably still used it, but yeah, she I was like, uh, gross. So anyway, <laughs> so like my mom had this like magical fairies and unicorns and rainbows of a birth story. I always was like, okay, you know, hospitals now, like you can do kangaroo care, which is where you have the baby on top of you. Everyone really promotes breastfeeding, which we talked about. Like if you're not breastfeeding, you're a psychopath. No according one's, to this according hospital. According to this hospital. So right. no one's going to be pushing formula on me. And I did want to breastfeed. Um, so in my mind, you know, I had this idea in my head of like, I'm going to like, you know, have no drugs. I'm going to birth in a hospital. I'm going to use the tub. I took the tour. I was like, where's the tub? I'm so excited about that part. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? So yes. we gave birth at the same hospital. Yes. When you got the tour mm-hmm. and they showed you the tub. I was disappointed. Did, I mean, so when they showed me, they were like, oh, and there's a tub. No one uses it. Yeah. No, they said no one uses it. I was no like, what kind of marketing it. is that? Yeah. Well, and it's like, but you think about it, it was like all the way down the hall around the corner and it's like a weird place and they were like, the lights don't really work. Or no, it was, you had to have these like fluorescent lights It was on. awful. It was so bright. Yeah. And they were like in an insane asylum. Yeah. And they didn't want you to know. And I remember someone asking like, oh, well, what if we brought like, um battery operated candles and they were like nope lights on or like bust you're out and there were no windows it was just like it felt very creepy so i was very disappointed but overall i was really like excited to have my natural childbirth my unicorn kisses and rainbows yeah so my pregnancy was totally normal very uneventful um and then at like 35 weeks I was in bed in the middle of the night and all of a sudden I felt sky did this somersault inside of me. And I remember waking up and just thinking, oh my God, what was that? This was insane. She really didn't move a lot. Like I also remember being in like uh, prenatal yoga and everyone would be like, oh my God, my baby is moving so much. And I was like, mine's not moving at all. And I would like poke her like, wake up, baby, wake Wake up. Wake up, grandma. Yeah, like, I mean, grandma, that's Sky's nickname from like birth, (laughs) always sleeping. So I was like, what's going on? Why isn't she moving? So like this, this move, I was like, oh my God, what was it? But then I thought, I mean, maybe other women are experiencing that too. She's not super active. She's not very active. Like she was like cozy, toasty, roasty, like had no interest in coming out, like whatever. So I think it was like a few days later, I happened to I I went to my gynecological visit and then they were like we want you to get one more ultrasound before so I wonder if they could feel something probably felt a little different they didn't say anything they were like we want you to go down and get one more final like ultrasound and like I was 35 weeks at that point we were done with those right so I go and um the lady's doing it and she goes oh you breech baby and I just went what she goes, oh, you don't know your baby's breech? And I said, oops, let me get the doctor. No. And she goes, oh, well, your doctor will be talking to you about that. Okay. Which is like, as a mom, I'm sure people can relate to this. That's the worst thing someone can say to you. Because first of all, you're saying something's wrong. Right. Or it's what it's sounding like. Something's wrong. 
and then we're not going to give you the information right now. You have yeah. to make an appointment, which will probably take you a couple of days, you know, and so you're just so sitting there stew on stewing that. in yeah. this, like, what is wrong with my Driving kid? yourself mental. Right. So I go to my doctor's appointment a couple of days later. Sure enough, sky is breach. She, like, flipped at 35 weeks, and the doctor was told me that's really unique because 32 weeks is usually like the cutoff point. That's what I remember. I always, when I get to 32 weeks and the kids are head down, I'm like, I've made it. Mm-hmm. We've made it this far. So Sky is, as we will learn, as you'll learn more later, she's a very unusual bird. Yeah. Um, so I started doing research on what can I do to make this kid flip. Right. Is there anything I can do? So I was doing handstands in the pool. I was doing, God, the hot down like by my vagina I was doing like light music I was um you know I would lie in inversion for hours at a time did you do it on an ironing board like did you have the iron board I didn't have an ironing board but I I had I had a plank my husband I said is a carpenter so I think we just had like like a piece of like plywood that he like jimmy rigged into our bed. Okay. And I would literally come home from work, Kristen. I'm not even joking. And I would lie on that shit until dinner time. I was like, this baby will turn around because there was only one doctor who would deliver breech babies in Ventura. And I just like, I wasn't super excited to deliver breech. I was scared. I can only imagine how painful it is. Well, and scary. Which like, also, it's painful to give birth, like obviously. Right. But, uh, I can only imagine how painful it is, and then it's higher risk to the kids, right? So isn't right. that why typically they don't want mm-hmm. they don't want you to give birth to a breech kid, right? So I finally started. So every week I was going to the doctor, and I finally at thirty eight weeks had just like you know come to the basically like coming to terms with the fact that like okay I'm gonna have to have a C section. Yeah. So mm-hmm. my doctor was in a practice with a man. So I had a female doctor who worked with midwives. I was so excited to have the midwives now. <clears throat> gone like don't get midwives like you can f off forever it's right. a doctor it's a c-section so i was like okay i need to educate myself on what goes into a c-section right todd and i had taken this birthing class fuck off forever like <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter you know who cares about the epidural needles and i'm gonna get one of those anyway and a spinal and blah yeah. blah 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 so who cares I, about all the breathing all techniques the, yeah. Bre- your birthing goddess God. out uh, the window can we just okay time out <laughs> Total, like, complete 180. This birthing class that we were in, we were doing breathing exercises one time. And our husbands are sitting, like, across from us, holding our hands. And she's, like, the woman's instructing them to look deep into our eyes and telling us to breathe and to count with us. And I'm, like... I'm good for, like, when it's time to go. And I can understand the need to practice this. I could not stop laughing. Todd's like staring at me and then the people next to us are so into it and the guy's telling the woman you're a birthing goddess and so Todd all of a sudden says it to me and I just I like wet myself (laughs) and I was like if you tell me that on the day that our baby is born I will literally kick you in the nutsack yeah goodbye so I mean and that's like still like our joke like amongst ourselves is like you're a birthing goddess because it was just so ridiculous so anyway Back to this. So I bring my list of questions about C-sections. Okay. And I figure, well, you know, I might as well meet the other doctor because my doctor was going on vacation in my 
due window. Okay. And she tried to push me to have a C-section a week early. Okay. Then uh, a week before my due date. And I didn't want to do that. Okay. And because uh, I was like, you no. You want the she... baby to cook as long as possible. Right. And I was like, you know, you never know. She could still flip again. And they were like, you can she like won't. let go of that. I'm like, but she could. And so I figured, okay, so the man in the practice is going to be doing the C-section. I might as well talk to him, get to know him a little bit. The guy was so rude. And I had seen him once before. And I took my mom with me. Like when I was like 24, 25 weeks pregnant or something like that. He was more interested in talking to her. He was talking to her about like where she was from and like yada yada. And I'm just sitting there like, hello, I'm the pregnant one over right. here. Like, how about how I'm feeling? I'm or, growing a human here. No big deal. Yeah. So he was kind of weird. We, Chris and I had a friend who had him as well, who was off, like had a horrible experience with him. Not a very great guy. So anyway, so I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I have all my questions. He was so rude. I asked him, you know, stuff. I prefer to be stitched over stapled. And his response was, well, we'll do whatever convenient. That is not a response. No. And then it was like, I'd ask a question like, well, okay, C-section. Like, what about like kangaroo care? Like, I really want to hold the baby like right after birth. That's a nurse question. I mean, it was just door slam after door slam. And I was just, I left there and I had an anxiety attack. And yeah. I just was like, there's no way. I don't want this man touching my body. Right. This is like extremely, like birth is something, birthing is something that is so personal. Right. And it's like, and as the mom, I feel like you have the precedent and you have the right over everyone else as to what you want. Obviously with, you know, safety first. Right. But I think too, as as the doctor, I mean, you're pretty, you know, when you're, when you have a vaginal birth I mean the doctor is there to catch and stitch like they're honestly not doing it the nurses are doing everything at the birth obviously right. up until the birth the doctors are doing a ton and I have to have a good relationship with my doctor and everything but with the c-section like you're performing surgery yeah so I need to trust open. you to put a blade to me right so I obviously was like zero percent interested in this guy. right so my doctor's on vacation I'm having an anxiety attack my C-section, my due date was March 15th. My C-section was scheduled with him on the, I think it was like the 12th or something. Okay. And I was just terrified. And I just wanted nothing to do with it. At this point, I was still working because I worked all the way up until the 13th. Okay. You know, so it was like, oh, I guess I'll have to leave work early. Like, I'll have to call it sooner. And I was always planning on, like, that could happen. So I wound up calling the office and talking to one of the midwives. Mm-hmm. And I said, can I come in for an appointment? And so I came in, and I'd never seen this midwife before. I've never seen her again. Yeah. And I'm still in that practice. Yeah. You know, just seeing the midwives for pap smears and stuff. She was so amazing. She was so wonderful and kind. And I said, I can't do this with him. And she said, then wait. And I said, but what if the baby comes early? They don't want me to go past 40 weeks. And she said, women go to 42 weeks. Like, yeah. don't worry about this. And she said, just basically don't do anything stupid, like jumping on trampolines or anything like that. Right. You know, just, you know, kind of... Not as severe as bed rest or even modified bed rest, but just you can make your appointment for the day when your doctor comes back Mm -hmm. and just know that if it comes to an emergency, you go into labor or whatever, he'll be your doctor. And so I was satisfied with that. So I, you know, went off on maternity leave on the Friday of the 13th and I had my C-section scheduled with my doctor on the 18th. Guy would have probably still be inside me. Like, right. I mean, she had no interest in coming out, so it wasn't an issue. So we get there to the hospital. You know, they want you there like three hours beforehand. You know, right. you're supposed to be like no eating, no drinking, you know, because you're going to have surgery. 
So I have my best friend, my mom, and Todd with me. And we're like, we're in triage. They're like going to place the IV. And at the same time as a nurse goes to place the IV. And she goes like, oh, um, I'm going to try to get this in. And if I can't, I'll get somebody who's who's like a ringer. And like knowing what I know now should have been like the clue have been like, you can like fuck off forever. Like right. go get the person who's going to do this right. Just bring me the ringer to begin with. Right. So, but she tried. So, oh, so the phlebotomist comes in to take blood at the same time and I just look at them and I say are you guys going to do this at the same time and the nurse just goes no come back and so the phlebotomist goes to take blood I go pasty white because I am not good with needles right I have the barf bag like I'm like hyperventilating into the barf bag I look at Todd and I go can we just go home now I don't want to have the baby anymore let's just <laughs> leave and Todd's like uh no like I'm sorry. not sure that's an option <laughs> like at this point you're in it for the long right. haul so then the nurse comes back in does a terrible job with the IV brings in the ringer meanwhile like Jesse like my best friend who's there like is telling me a story about how there was a woman who like basically was a cat matchmaker and she matched them up by their horoscopes and i was just like real wow and like before i knew it there was the iv it was in yeah. it was great now i'm sitting there waiting for them to take me when they take me in i have to go in by myself todd's getting his full-blown like bunny suit on right they do the spinal tap and like the anesthesiologist like so they lay me oh so i'm like holding on to this nurse this like stupid nurse who can get the IV in. and i was like i need you to like distract me and she goes well what do you want me to do and i said tell me a story and she goes well what kind of story and i said just tell me about your kids or like i don't know just like talk to me right and she was like oh oh she was terrible <laughs> big thumbs down so i got the anesthesiologist did the spinal tap and then they like basically move you and it's like this weird like, like a shimmy like they shimmy you no they like lifted it up and like it, i was okay. on this like board almost more like a thick like blankety sort of thing oh wow okay like and they move you onto like the gurney this is what i remember i was probably on like a lot of drugs at right. that point and the anesthesia and but it's a weird out-of-body experience because yeah. you can only feel your face yeah everything from the neck down is completely numb by the way, Talia is acting all of this out for me right now. Yeah, very animated right now. <laughs> so then the anesthesiologist like gets down to my face and he goes, do you feel like you're flying? And I was like, what? And he goes, do you feel like you're flying? And I said, no. And he goes, some people say they feel like they're flying. And I went, I could see that. Okay, cool. So he was like hilarious. So he's just sitting there. He was a better storyteller than the stupid nurse. Like I should have had him. So at that point, like Todd comes in. I did not realize that they had strapped my hands to boards like Jesus on the cross right, style. Right. The anesthesiologist like flicking my foot and he's like, do you feel this? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Can someone itch my nose? Well, so then I'm like, my nose is itchy. And so Todd's like, okay. And I was like, I want to move my arm. Am I moving my arm? And Todd goes, your arms are strapped down. And I was like, <laughs> cool. Can you itch my nose? And so Todd, for the entire birth of Sky, was scratching my nose because it was like <laughs> just like constantly itching. And I found out later that morphine, like one of the side effects of morphine, is it make, can make your like face itchy. Yeah, did not know that at the right. time. So the doctor comes in, she cuts me open, and she says, as like she's taking Sky out, she goes, "Oh, your baby is mooning us <laughs> because apparently Sky was butt for like butt up. Yeah, so her." And her feet were like folded up by her head. Yeah. Like a little taco. 
And like, I remember she did not make noise. So they had agreed to like do kangaroo care with me. So I basically wore her like a little like neck wrap, like yeah. stole. Like a scarf. Yeah, like a scarf. Okay. So, but first they wanted to make sure like that she was crying and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. So like, and then they put her like on my neck. And of course my hands are still strapped down right. while they're like sewing me up. But before they sew you up, they put this thing inside you to like suck out like all the afterbirth. Oh yeah. And my, so my body's shaking yeah. and I have this little like this scarf on my neck. Scarf. And Todd is kissing her and like stroking her head and she's probably sleeping. Yeah. You know, cause that's what she does. Right. <laughs> you know? And like, and my body's like shimmying. This is so fucking weird. I yeah. mean, it's just like, here I am like splayed out like a Thanksgiving turkey. But I was, I remember just being so happy that she was there. Yeah. And like, and I remember looking at Todd. I've never seen him look so proud. Right. Like he was just like in such amazement. So well, then, probably of what you went through and, and of her being there. Well, and he was scared. I mean, I remember after talking to him, like he was really, he was very nervous. And Jesse was saying, you know, like, oh yeah, Todd was like, you know, because he's, he cares obviously a lot about me. And like, he knows, I mean, this is surgery. Like that we're going to do things can happen during surgeries. Right. You know, obviously with a cesarean, it's probably less likely than like, you know, heart surgery, but it's right. still like you're getting cut open. Yeah. There can he, still be complications. Right. So then he went with Sky, and like I got sewed up and then I met her uh, later um, after they had like kind of assessed her and stuff like that. And... I, we talked about me staying in the hospital and stuff like that, but she just was the very unexpected like way of coming into right the world. exactly what you weren't hoping for the exact opposite of what I was like. So was that really hard to come to terms with afterward? So you said you kind of had this like coming to Jesus, like all right, this is just what I it's just is what it is. Yeah. But then afterward, was it, you just can't believe it? It's not the birth I wanted. I really I felt very like, cheated. Yeah. Like did I, you have to mourn it? Yeah. Oh, totally. We so I started going to this breastfeeding support group. I felt like so many of the women there who would talk about their birth. And we were on this Facebook group for like breastfeeding moms. Everybody has this birth that I wanted. Right. And it wasn't until my, it wasn't until Jesse went to another friend's birth and she got, she had her uh, son at a birthing center, no pain meds. And it was like, that was the birth that I wanted. Right. And that was the moment that I really like, came to terms with the fact that, like, I needed to mourn the loss of the birth that I never got to have. Yeah. I mean, because it's really hard when you spend 10 months plus probably most of your life imagining what you're, like, what you're going to do. Oh, my God. When I was, like, comparing it to, like, my birth, like, for my mom right. and just, like, how amazing it was and how prime, like, I mean, birth is just, like, there's something that happens. Like, I've seen women give birth. It's just this, like, primal, like, thing and yeah. it's like and it's just so raw and emotional and yeah just i mean like, your mom was very red tent about it so yeah. like it's just yeah and you kind of had to go the opposite because medically that was necessary right and i think now like thank god because you know breach most babies that are born breach you know if they go vaginally at feet first and then the head which i can only imagine especially knowing you know your <laughs> oldest like how that would just like rip you from like belly button to yeah. you know the back of your neck <laughs> but 
the fact that Sky was butt first, that could have killed both of us. Right. Like literally, like they would have had to go into an emergency C-section. And those are the women that I truly feel bad for, the people that labor forever and ever and ever and then have to have a C-section because then they're virtually recovering from both. basically experienced both, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. That's really, that's probably really tough for them. Yeah, so, and I mean, I'm hoping for my next, you know, when that day does come, <laughs> uh, that I can have a VBAC, that I can do, you know, a vaginal birth after cesarean. Yeah, and which in, you know, where we, where you gave birth, they do that. They just recently started going for that. And it obviously, again, has to go with what is the best for mom and baby. And like, and that was the other part too, because I don't want to be one of those people that, I mean, people lose kids like that all the time for like trying to just say, well, you know what? It doesn't matter what you're, what the doctors are saying, what's the safest choice. This is what I want to do. And this is what I think. Yeah. I mean, like we knew somebody who, um, my mom had a friend whose daughter, actually the midwife who was at my birth, her yeah. daughter had uh, twins. She was pregnant with twins and she didn't get a lot of medical help. She decided to give birth at home out in like Arizona, like in a yurt somewhere, you know, literally. Yeah. And hadn't gotten a lot of medical attention to know that one of the babies had the cord wrapped around its neck. Yeah. And she lost one. Yeah. And it's and like... That's a, I mean, that's a big that's a big deal when the cord is wrapped around. Because yeah. it's something like... My doctor had told me something like 30... It was 30 or 60%. But let's just say 30 because 60, 60 seems insane. So high. But like 30% of babies have the cord around their neck. Well, you think about like when the doctors, they're like delivering that, like if they're, if they're wrapped around, they just can like release that. Right. But like if you're giving birth by yourself in a yurt to twins. And you can't see what's going on yeah, down like there. like you have your little like handheld mirror or whatever. Right. Like, you know, so yeah. So it's to me, that's not worth the risk. Right. Yeah. Like I'd rather take my chances in Vegas versus with my kids. Life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So that's my exciting birth story. Oh, boy. You have a good one, too. I know. Well, so I've got two, and I'll try to keep mine somewhat short, but I'll, I'll make sure to give all the gory details still. Um, so my first son, my husband travels a lot for work, and he was going to be um, gone and inaccessible for three weeks. This was originally supposed to happen before the baby was due. It got changed until after the baby was due. And so I asked one of my doctors, is there any way I can induce around close to the due date? But if, if by then I haven't been, if I haven't had the baby, can we induce? So this doctor was like, yeah, no problem. Like as long as you're 39 weeks, not an issue, no big deal. I kind of had to, I had to, you know, put my foot down with a couple of the other doctors, which hindsight, I mean, totally makes sense that they were not totally on board with it. Um, so I did, I ended up getting induced. So I went in at 10 a.m. I think mm-hmm. on the day before he was born. So I go in 10 a.m., get my first dose of Cytotec orally at noon, and it does nothing. And the thing that was really hard is that I wasn't sure, like I wasn't against pain meds. I was like, I did not have a good plan. I was like, yeah, I'll just see if I can do it without pain meds, and if I need it, I'll, I'll get it. And so I was hoping to go without an epidural, but again, like I wasn't trying to be a, a champion. Yeah, like whatever. <laughs> I, but I did like very much like I'm a pretty active person. I really want to be able to like walk around and like walk through and blah, blah, blah. Sure. But when you get induced, like you have to sit with the medicine for the first hour. At least that's what I had to do. So I sit, have the medicine. I'm like reading a book, bored out of my mind. They finally let me get up and walk around. Does nothing, does nothing. At around 4 p.m. I had my second dose. 
Then I sat for an hour and then I got up and I walked around a bunch and then I could stop. And I think, I think I had sent my husband out to get food. So I ate around like 5.30, I want to say, 5.30 or 6. And then soon thereafter, I'm up and I'm walking around and I can, and I have these really bad, what feels like to me, period cramps. So I was always of the impression that your cramps start at the top of your uterus or the top of your stomach and work their way down. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, well, these must not be contractions. It's just cramping, whatever. So I'm walking around and all of a sudden I was like, I am going to poop my brains out. (laughs) So I, so I go to the public bathroom because I'm out walking around and I'm probably like a hundred yards from my room. And I was like, I'm not going to make it. So I go to the bathroom and I was like, oh, this is great. This means I won't poop on the birthing table. Like I'm very happy about this. Do my business, move my bowels. And then we're in the room. I'm having contractions, but I still don't believe they're contractions. I still just think they're cramps. And my husband's timing them and he's like, do you want pain medicine? I was like, no, like it's way too early. I'm not even in labor yet. And the nurse comes in and he was like, hey, if she wants pain medicine, can she have it? Her contractions are, you know, they're lasting for this long. They're this far apart. So he had been timing them. Like I didn't realize that. So she's like, yeah, it's no problem. So around, I don't know, this is my first child. So I I don't remember somewhere in the 10 PM range, I got my first dose of pain medicine and it was like, as they're like pushing it into the IV, I can feel it, you know, going through my body. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. So I fall asleep for about 30 minutes, have the weirdest dreams. Like, I don't know if anyone else has ever had pain medicine with birth, but not the epidural and had insane dreams, but they were crazy. So then at the end of the dreams, I woke up and I was like, I am not going to get a trophy at the end of this. I just want a baby that's alive. Hit me up with that epidural. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I told the nurse, no problem. We'll get the, we'll get the anesthesiologist in here. In the meantime, you know, do you want another dose of pain med? Yep. Hit me up. Let's do this thing. So I get my pain meds and the anesthesiologist comes in at some point and my IV bag has not drained at all, but I have been chugging water. So I had like my camelback back then, which was I think a half a liter of water and I'd probably gone through like four of them. Oh, jeez. So, and so I'm literally peeing every 15 minutes. Like the nurse keeps having to come in and unplug me from the machines. I'm hooked up to all the machines oh, so they yeah. can monitor the baby. So she's like, listen, this lady is definitely hydrated. Like, do not worry about this IV bag. But he was going by the rules. And so he's like, no, you know, this like I need an empty IV bag before I can give her whatever. So sometime in the 2 or 3 a.m. range, I get my epidural. And also during one of those pain meds, I went from 3 centimeters to 8 or 9. Like, it was fast. Like, once I got one of the doses, it was a very quick progression. So I got the epidural. It was probably, it had to have been after the epidural. So I get the epidural around, like, 3 or something. And then at 6, maybe a little before that, I don't know what time it was. But we're in the morning time now. So I still have my nurse. And they're like, all right, we're going to do some practice pushes. And I look at her because in my head, it's almost 730, not six. And I was like, you're not, you're not going to leave me, right? Like you're staying. Oh, yeah, because they do change the shift. Yeah. And she was like, no, like I'll stay here through the whole thing. Don't worry about it. And at this point there was no, so it was Easter weekend. He was born on Easter Sunday. So there's no one in the hospital. Oh, yeah. It's just Empty. a couple nurses. So we have the charge nurse in there, my nurse, some other nurse. And they're all in there. They're all cheering for me. And they're all, they're like, you can do this. It's just, you know, 30 seconds. You can do anything for 30 seconds. And I was like, 
Well, this is something I say to people all the time, and I do not like it. Please do not say that to me ever again. (laughs) So I guess they had called the doctor, and they're like, hey, you know, this woman's crowning. Time to come in. And he was like, no. No. She... Are you sure? Is that the right patient? Should have sent him a little picture. Right. Because I had only labored for 12 hours and I was induced and this baby was not ready to come. So the fact that it was such a fast labor for a baby that wasn't really ready to come, I think he was just like, uh, okay. So he comes. I'm pushing. At one point, they keep telling you, you're doing so great. You're doing so great. And I, I think I was like, everyone stop lying to me. I'm, you know, I've been pushing forever. <laughs> Nothing's happening. You're all lying to me. My husband looks down and sees the head. And I always joke with him because he has red hair. He'll say strawberry blonde. I say red. So I always joke with him like, oh, we're going to have all these ginger kids. And so he looks down and he goes, his hair is brown. Keep pushing. (laughs) Baby finally comes out. Wait, but you got an episiotomy. Yes. So I'm pushing, I'm pushing, I'm pushing. And then finally the doctor says, okay, stop. I didn't know that's what he was doing. So then I feel like a quick release because again, like I had the epidural and I'm sure he like shot up that area too. So he cuts and then the baby just like literally like slipped out. And I was like, there's my boy, he's here. And then I was like, why isn't he crying? What's the problem? Mm. And so later Pat told me he thinks he saw the cord was wrapped around the baby's neck, Uh but nobody said anything. So he, he was like, nobody else seemed worried. So he didn't feel worried and he didn't want to tell you so you wouldn't freak out right and so i think that's probably one of the reasons i had an episiotomy so i think it probably Uh, the cord was probably wrapped around yeah and then additionally the head was enormous and probably wasn't going to come out so that was great and and when he came out i said oh my god his head's not that big and the doctor said that's a very big head and i pointed to my husband and i said but you see what I'm working with here. <laughs> and the doctor was like, he's right there. And you're like, he knows his <laughs> He's aware. Large. He's aware. <laughs> so that was my first. He was 7 pounds, 15 ounces. So I did uh, pain meds, epidural, vaginal delivery, episiotomy. It was a pretty painful recovery, I assume, because the episiotomy. Probably. I don't know if the pain meds had anything to do with it. But the episiotomy was obviously a nightmare. And I basically like shuffled around like an old lady for two weeks. And so when we would go to the baby's appointments like we went to his four-day appointment this we had this nurse who basically like sprinted through this like maze oh yeah and you went to follow her and i was her. like shuffling along I was, like, wait. please wait for me where's my cane get me a wheelchair i need a rascal stat oh my gosh okay so that was my first so he came he was born one day early but he was not ready to come and they had also changed my due date so my original due date was April 11th or 12th, and they had changed it to April 6th, okay. which is a whole week. I mean, I'm, yeah, it's kind of crazy. So, but he was just big. I mean, he's just a big kid. A he big was born seven fifteen at his four which day. Which isn't that big. Well, but at his four day, so he came early, True. and at his yeah. four day appointment, he was eight pounds eight ounces. That's right. He was a beast. So he didn't even lose weight between being born and going to his four day appointment. Meanwhile, Sky lost like ten percent of her body weight. I think when she was at her four day appointment, she was just approaching her birth weight, maybe. Okay. So yeah. So Nate, he's a beast. Yeah. And then, so then with my second, who came, he's twenty six months younger than my oldest. I mean, I was active during both pregnancies. I feel like I was definitely a lot more t- tired during that pregnancy, but also I didn't have the luxury of sleeping as much. 
So oh, you had the toddler. I had the toddler. My business was starting to do better, so I was working all the time. We lived at Elevation, but I had not acclimated to Elevation before I got pregnant. So there were kind of like a lot of factors. I didn't feel as great. I mean, but I didn't feel awful. I didn't have, you know, the sciatica pain a lot of people have. I didn't have the back pain. I mean, I didn't have a lot of that. I was just really tired. And then when I would come to sea level, I was like, oh, I feel like a million bucks. Yeah. And I think I had, you know, I think being up at elevation or something had made me swell a little. So then when we moved to California two or three weeks before he was born, Mm -hmm. I think before he was due, I think we got here at 36 weeks. So I go in, have my doctor's appointments. You know, my plan is, my plan this time is to do an unmedicated birth. Um, And I told my husband, please don't ask me if I want pain meds. I I will let you know. I'll let you know if I want them. Please don't ask me. I don't want you to put the option on the table. So he was fine. He respected that. I go in to labor eight days early, but I am convinced I'm not in labor. So my in-laws are here. Um, They're here for one day, and then they're going to go up the coast for the weekend, and then they're going to come back for the week because they're thinking, okay, and then we'll take care of, you know, baby number one, and you can go in and have your birth and all this stuff. Great. So they're here. We're at lunch or we're walking. I think um, I went for a walk with my mother-in-law and I can feel kind of like, again, the cramping. And I'm like, oh, I don't think this must not be real labor. I can walk. I can talk. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. So then I start timing it. We go to lunch and it's me, my husband and my my in-laws. I'm timing it and it's, I'm at 411 already. I call the hospital I, I say, hey, I'm having, I think I'm having contractions. They feel just like really bad period cramps. Um, I'm at 411, but I can walk and talk through them. Like they're, you know, they're not, they're so not terrible. like knocking me out. They're nothing right. right home about. And they were like, all right, um, are you planning on having, do you want medicine during your birth? And I was like, no, I'd really like to go, you know, without it. And they were like, all right, well, you can labor at home as long as you want. Um, you know, you just make sure you come in if your water breaks. Okay, great. great. So we sent, we didn't even tell my in-laws this is happening. They have no idea that I'm already in labor. I still think it's fake. So we send them off. Go have fun. <laughs> um, so this is around noon. Okay, bye. So I tell my husband, you know, I, I got things to do. Like I got, I have things to do. It's Father's Day weekend. I have shopping to do. Now, <laughs> uh, what do you think? And he was like, you know, if you, if it feels bad, pull, don't be a hero. Like pull over, call me if you need me. But I think otherwise, like, yeah, if you got stuff to do, do just do your thing. Eldest is at daycare. Eldest is at daycare, second day of daycare. I go to Target and I'm walking around and I'm like getting stuff for Father's Day and some I wanted to get a present for my oldest to receive from the baby so that he wouldn't hate the baby. And so <laughs> <laughs> um so I'm Good walking plan. around Target and I'm like, man, these are getting a little more intense. And then I'm as I'm paying, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna poop my pants. And so yeah. I buy my stuff. I roll into the Target bathroom, and I was like, I hope this is just poop. I am not trying to give birth to a baby in Target right now. <laughs> Fine. So I drive home. On the drive home, I call my husband. I'm in tears. I'm like, go get baby number one. This is the real deal. I don't know what we're doing. I'm not ready for him to not be an only child anymore. Like, let's go. Get home. So he comes home. I'm like putting... I have my bag pretty much together. I'm putting some stuff in it. I'm putting my makeup on because what else do you do in labor? I'm still not convinced I'm actually in labor. Okay, so this started around 1030. It's now about 1 p.m. I'm still not convinced. It's got to be later than that. Probably like 1.30 or 2. Not convinced I'm in labor. I'm texting my friend who's a labor and delivery nurse. 
And I'm like, hey, this is what's going on. What do you think? And she was sleeping because she works night shift. And she was like, just go in. I mean, just go in. You know, that's that's why you have nurses. Like, just go in and get checked. It's better to be safe than sorry. So I'm like, all right, we're scrambling now. So we, again, just moved here two weeks ago. But we have friends that we've known from living in previous places. And so I text my friend. I'm not even urgent enough to call her. I text her. I'm like, hey. What's going on, Any girl? chance you want to watch our oldest while we go to the hospital think I might be in labor? And she's like panicking. Yes, we're getting Mexican. I'll be there as soon as possible. Blah, blah, blah. Like, we will be right over. I'm like, girl, take Don't your time. Don't even worry about yeah, it. Like, you Bring me you. some tacos. So... I send my husband out to get our oldest. There's an ice cream social because it's Father's Day weekend. So, like, he hangs out there. They oh, eat God. ice cream. <laughs> so, they get home around, like, 2.45. I am now, like, in full panic mode. Our friends come. And I was like, you can sleep in our room. This is where he sleeps. Whatever you got to do to keep him alive, see ya. Like, I, that's it. That's all I've got for you. Like, feed him whatever he'll eat. We're Bye. out. See ya. We go to the hospital and we got there at, it was just before four o'clock. So we got there at like 350 something or whatever. And on the way there, we're going up the elevator and the contractions are only lasting for like 30 seconds now. And they're very close together. And I am like, this is, I am in so much pain. As soon as we walk in that door, I'm telling them I want epidural. Like this is way too painful. So my husband's like, all right, no problem. So we get in, we go into, you know, we finally get admitted or whatever. It didn't take long. We called them on the way to the hospital. And they're like, okay, yeah, okay, honey, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then they check me and they're like, oh, you're seven centimeters. And I was like, call the anesthesiologist, get this IV going. I want an epidural. And they're like, okay, like we're going to do our best. But if your water breaks, that's game over. Like there's no epidural. Okay, so my so end goal, no water breaking. So I'm having these contractions. Don't I'm on my, yeah. <laughs> so I'm on my side. My husband's putting counter pressure on my hips, um, all this stuff. And all of a sudden, sploosh. I can just feel I can feel that it's about to burst, and I am literally like kegeling my face off. Like, do not break. I do need you this hear epidural. Me? And again, the IV bag is not draining because I've been crushing water all day. And so, like, the IV bag's not draining. They told me it was going to take 15 minutes. Here I am, like, 30 minutes later. I'm like, where's my epidural? Okay, so we get there just around, like, we get admitted right around 4 o'clock. At 4.30, my water explodes all over the room. Like, I don't, I don't know how else to describe it, but, like, I am on my side, and it bursts everywhere. Your husband flew across the <laughs> yeah, room. Yeah, like, I think, like, a doctor went flying. And so then I hear a nurse... I, I, I roll on my back and I was like, I think I have to push. And I hear a nurse, like a nurse or someone said to me, just do whatever feels right, which I'm sure is a great thing to tell most people. I did not like it. Like I want direction. Just tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. Hate my life right now. Like all I want to know is like, what am I supposed to do? And where's my pain medication? Right. Is it too late? (laughs) I hear a nurse get on the phone and she says, you know, we're in room 12 and there is a baby coming now like it was pandemonium in my room like water explodes nurse is freaking out table being removed i'm (laughs) at this point hysterical up to this point i was like pretty calm i was doing my breathing i was like oh this really hurts 
I am hysterical at this point. I can't do this. I am not doing this. Find another way. I am not doing this without pain meds. I can't do it. So now my husband's on the bed with me. He's like, you, like, you can do this. Mi- hundreds, thousands, millions of women have done this without pain meds. Mm-hmm. There are people here to support you. Like, we have a really great team. You're going to be fine. You've got this. Okay. So now I'm on my back. I start pushing and I am giving it nothing. I am like giving it like barely pushing and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. The ring of fire is so real. And this, <laughs> this doctor, so my doctor is not there because my baby came in two seconds and this doctor that's on call is sitting in front of me and she was like, do you want me to like, we have this spray that can kind of numb you. And I was like, whatever you have to do to make this pain stop, do it. <laughs> so I'm like screaming at this poor woman. And then she said, I said, I look her like in the soul and I'm like, get this baby out of me. And she just very sweetly smiled and said, okay, you're just going to have to push. And I've never in my life pictured kicking someone in the face more than I did in that moment. (laughs) So I'm still like really not trying. And then I hear her say, you know, the baby's something along the lines of like baby stats are not looking good. Okay. So now at this point, I'm like, you guys suck it up. And so then I really like start pushing really hard and she's like, all right, all right, slow down. And in my head, I'm like, ah, make up. What do you want from me? So then, you know, I think she did some like massaging or whatever to help. And so then I pushed him out and he honestly like slipped right out. And so he comes out and he's like, I think out from the waist up and I'm thinking, and they're saying, pull him up on yourself, pull him up on yourself. Like Courtney Kardashian, like pulls the baby out of her, like onto her chest, pull him up onto you. And I'm in my head thinking, why is there not a baby on me yet? Right? Like I felt that baby come out. Why is he not on me? And then so then my husband leans down and he's like, Kristen, pull the baby up onto your chest. And I was like, oh, okay. And Thank so you. then I like reached down like Kourtney Kardashian him like up onto my chest. Aww. And so that was, I mean, so it was really sweet. So total, I only ended up pushing for 12 minutes, but it felt like three and a half hours. Which is amazing. Like, I mean, total craziness, but like, you know, you hear these stories about these women that are like in labor for like 40 plus hours. So right. like your story, as crazy as it was, like it just feels like, you know, ripping the bandaid off. Right. Yeah. Because we were in the hospital for less than an hour. And the other thing that was very interesting was at 32 weeks or something, you'll really appreciate this. So I'd gone running. I met up with this running group. I'd done six miles, which I don't normally run that far. That when I'm pregnant. Yeah. So I I usually will max out at four miles, but I was at this running group and so I went running. So I chafed, right? Because my legs are bigger than I'm used to them being and I don't normally run that long. Great. Mm -hmm. So I take a shower, put on underwear. Um, I go to pee, I don't know, like 15 minutes later and there's like a speck of blood in my underwear and I am like in full panic. So I call triage. They're like, okay, just come in or whatever. And it ends up being chafing for my leg. (laughs) (laughs) Ridiculous. But I'm talking to the nurse that's in there with me. And she says, um, you know, she's asking about my first birth. And then she goes, oh, she was like, you were induced? And it was only 12 hours? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, I mean, I'm just going to say you better get to the hospital quick with this one. Just make sure that you're not messing around. Yeah, she's like, this baby's going to come real fast. And then, but when I would ask my doctor about it, they were like, no, no, 
just go by the 411. Like, it's not a big deal. Da, da, da. Which worked out because then I did, ended up not having pain meds. But Well, you wanted to, like, yeah, I mean, which is what you wanted. Which is what I thought yeah. I wanted. I mean, so, so I don't know. It. I don't know what I'll do with the third. Like, now that I've experienced both, I mean. Well, that's the big question. It's like, which birth? But I know. think if I. I don't think I could have had our first, even a natural, like going into labor naturally. I, I don't think I could have given birth to him without pain meds because his head was so big. I had an episiotomy. Like, how do you have an episiotomy without medicine? Well, I mean, yeah. I'm sure people I'm do. I'm sure it. people do. Well, it all so the time. my mom had both of us. We both came really quick and she had an episiotomy for both of us and she didn't have any pain meds. And she went in both times, like, get me the drugs. And they were like, yeah, too late. Like so you were too I, slow. I wonder if this is like another genetics thing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, so the recovery with him was a little bit better, but I didn't have an episiotomy. Right. Yeah. You weren't split from your badge to your butthole. <laughs> right. So yeah, we've got uh, a couple different, different birth stories here. So in my second, the total labor time is about six and a half hours with about 12 minutes of pushing and screaming. I mean, I lost my voice. I was screaming so I'd much. imagine. And it's so funny because when I talk to some people, I think it's people that I didn't know in high school. So when I talk to people I met after high school, a lot of people were like, I don't, I don't, you're so calm. I don't picture you screaming. I'm like, we have, you obviously don't know me. So here's the funny part too. <laughs> so Kristen and I talk on the phone at least once a day. Minimum. Like I'd more like two or three to six times a day. And we are texting like basically nonstop. Right. It's an amazing thing that we still have things to say to one another, yeah. but yet yeah, we do. She called me or I called her when you were like in Target or right. on your way to Target or something. Yeah, probably. And you were like, oh, I'm having this cramping, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. And you were like, yeah, whatever. And then four <laughs> hours later, I get, no, and then when you guys went to the hospital, I got a text going to the hospital it's probably nothing whatever and then like literally like an hour later a picture of this baby and i'm like what the hell did i just fall asleep for an hour like five days like how did this happen it was so so fast so i mean i did luck out that the severe pain was only for like an hour yeah right i mean i was only in really really bad pain for one hour right and i so i definitely lucked out with that but I don't know. I don't. I mean, I literally was like, someone shoot me in the face. This is awful. So I don't know if I'll be able to do it med free. But again, it also, I just wish someone could tell me how big the head was going to be, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, they always can measure, but I always feel like those are like usually right. not very Because when he was born, accurate. his head was 40th percentile, which is, you know, his brother. And he has a decent noggin. Well, now it's in the 70th. Oh, yeah. But I'd rather give birth to a. 40th percentile head than 110 percentile head well my daughter's head is the like i remember she measured at like the 98th percentile and i don't i remember feeling like her head didn't seem that big but then like when she was a little bit older and her body was still so small she definitely did look like a dum-dum yeah I'm just <laughs> like, like the lollipop the lollipop <laughs> not like an actual like dumb person but yeah no she had this like small little body and this gigantic head and i, I was like it. wait Five percentile height, three percentile head, ninety eighth percentile. It's like, ugh, oh, sorry. <laughs> All right, guys. So those are our birth stories. Hope they gave you something to mull over. We'd love your feedback. Feel free to email us. Tell us your birth story. Yeah, we want to hear it. 